1: All right, welcome to the latest edition. You hear that podcast growl and Pauline, your junior, Jay Morrison of the athletic are happy to be with you, Jay.
2: How are we doing? Doing great. One step closer to the end of the preseason.
1: We're very, we're almost there. We're almost there. But you know what it is? Home game numero uno. Very exciting. First of 10. Uh, for for the year, so we get to not have to travel, uh, not have to deal with uh, any number of issues that you run into trying to <laughs> go to a way nice little Nice little calm home game on Sunday that will include the arrival of one Joe Burrow onto the football field. And there was much rejoicing.
2: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think it will be a cool scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, what if they what if they introduced the defense instead of the offense when, before the start of the <laughs>
1: game? People and would riot. None of the defensive starters are actually starting. <laughs> right. So if they just the, the, they announced the actual starters in the game, which would be like, you know, Jalen Davis, right? Yeah. Joe Batchy. Joe Batchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure you're going to get the offensive starters, and you're going to see the big cheer when Joe Burrow comes out in the huddle. Uh, Zach Taylor announced on wednesday that he would be playing and getting a limited number of snaps in this game and when he says limited he means it i asked if uh you know are we talking pull a mid-series if it starts going too long everything is on the table i think that's absolutely something that could happen uh if it starts nobody wants a 14 play 75 yard drive uh i think everybody's hoping for some sort of three to four plays and uh Go put your baseball hat on. But it's, you know, I he should have opened it with uh in interest of season ticket sales, we have decided to start Joe Burrow. Uh because it what was it, 15 minutes after the announcement, the email blast went out to everybody? Come watch Burrow's debut.
2: Right. If you go back and listen, I think it was three different questions he mentioned the fans. Yes. Um, in, in that press conference. So um it's I obviously it's not the The deciding factor, selling tickets and and giving the throwing the fans a bone to see Joe Burrow, but you know it's it certainly doesn't hurt that they're going to try to take advantage of what they can and maybe sell. I mean, I don't know how many people are actually going to come buy a ticket to watch Joe Burrow play four plays, but you never know. I mean, it's it's preseason; it's a great time to take your kids, and it's an afternoon game. It just. Maybe maybe they will. Maybe people just want to come show their appreciation for Joe and cheer him just for fighting back from the injury and getting back so quickly.
1: I do think yeah, that this isn't about the plays. This yeah. is about the ovation. This is about everyone giving the ovation to Burrow as he comes out into that huddle for the first time, you know, and and to a guy who's worked sort of in the shadows by himself. In tough grind days having a chance for everybody that's been sort of supporting him and felt like they've had his back to go, you know, give him a, a big moment there um, inside of Paul Brown Stadium. So there's that. We'll get a little bit more into that. There's a few other things we want to touch on exactly what Sunday's game is going to look like uh, for besides burrow once once he exits very early on what else is going to happen what who has the most to gain who has the most to lose there's still some battles going on there that we're going to be tracking very closely um i think some people with a lot to gain and lose actually um we've got uh some run passer boots we of course have a growler bet for you a winnable Uh, one yeah yeah so i i I would say winnable i I, winnable not easy yeah um so it would be like it's kind of like, I don't know, the Bengals game against who would that be? Who would, what would be consider winnable, not easy? Um, the Bears. Yeah. At the Bears. Or the home game At, against Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Winnable, not easy. Uh, so we've got that coming for you. Run, a pa- couple run passer boots. Um, all coming your way. Jay has an awesome story up. Uh, speaking of run, passer boot, and <laughs> listening to the Bengal boys do our intro, uh, and the name of this podcast, so sort of like, since we came up with the name of the podcast a long time ago, this has been like the story two years in the making, really. Um, the story about the, the, the history of the Bengal growl. Jay, we, it, it's a great. First off, it's an awesome story. I highly recommend anybody that's ever been to a Bengal game, uh, and shared this moment with whoever you went with or fan, your family or whatever, uh, can read this and, and maybe even get emotional thinking about it because it is sort of one of the ties that bind over the years. There is is this song that plays, but you did a great job of digging into it. Um, but it was a couple years ago when we came with a name where we started kind of reaching out trying to find out. What's the origin of, uh, because we can we play this song? Are we allowed to use it? Can we reference it? And at that point, we kind of ticked the top of the iceberg on this, and then you went all the way down in the water going all the way through the story, and it was awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, we asked the Bengals and they said, no, you cannot use it. And then we found out the Bengals don't own the rights to the song. So they, they don't, (laughs) they cannot say no. So it's like, well, then who does? And we, we tried to locate the family and, um, a, a way that I think a lot of people try to locate people through Facebook, but obviously not being friends with any of them. Um, it was about 18 months before the great grandson of george bird who wrote the song got back with me and said he had just seen the like unread message sitting in his messenger and he got me in touch with his dad and just went from there talking to you know family members about how the song came about um and and what it means to them and then talking to former bengal players about what it means to them and and longtime bengal fans it, i was surprised the the emotional attachment to it i mean i i went to games as a kid um And I remember that being one of the the early memories, you as I wrote in the story, you don't remember the final score. You don't remember who had stats, but you kind of remember everybody singing that song after a touchdown. And it was it was just neat to hear how much he means to people, including someone very prominent in the Bengals front office.
1: Um I think you should reference the Bengals front office, Mike Brown, <laughs> yeah. thinking how much it meant to him, too. Yes. Right? I thought it was kind of cool hearing from him talking about the song, which I'd never heard before. And uh, just a really, I mean, all this stuff, I knew a portion of it, and I was super excited to come sit down and, and read it today because I, I hadn't seen what you had done with it, and it was eye-opening for me. And I knew uh, I knew some of it, but I just certainly didn't know all of that. And it was a, a really fun read and highly recommended. Shout out to the Bengal boys for... For making an appearance in it, yeah. uh, <laughs> who also do our do our intro and have have s- mo- did some moonlighting uh, at the training camp practices uh, earlier this year. So
2: um, good stuff there. Great, great you know, you, there. you said oh, eye opening. The most eye opening thing to me in this whole thing, and it didn't make it in the story. But when I was talking to Elizabeth Blackburn about what the song meant to her and everything, she allowed that um, Mike Brown was a accomplished juggler and he i asked him about it and he said oh no those days are long gone but it's oh. it's funny because i just can't imagine mike brown being a juggler and then i wish we would have known when aj green was here because oh, oh a photo shoot get with AJ, those two juggling
1: uh, uh, aj and mike juggling maybe with each other like yes. get them some pins that they toss to each other i mean this is this was an easy, easy thing that we could have had if only we would have known. So next time, next time you're at Frisch's Mainliner around four thirty, and you see Mike, go ahead and ask him if he can maybe juggle some fish sticks for you or something. It'd be great. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's uh let's go ahead and uh, keep on get rolling into the borough stuff. I've got another I've got another big story coming out this weekend. We'll talk a little bit more, but we've been doing. If you haven't noticed on the athletic, we've been doing the top 100 countdown of all the top 100 players. You're probably wondering, okay, where's Munoz going to land? Right. Well, he's coming soon, and I have been privileged uh to write this story and took a little bit different slant on it than almost all of the other ones have and i'm super happy i did spend a lot of time on it and i think it's come out really good and i think people are really gonna learn a lot about anthony muñoz that they did not know that's coming out this weekend so keep an eye out for that, of course, you can subscribe to The Athletic. Just go to any of our stories um, and click on the subscribe link there. Deal's going on all the time. Uh, And you can have all of our content and more as the season's kicking off. Plus, you know, you've got C. Trent over on the Reds as they're in a pennant race and, you know, one of the biggest best stories in college football has one of the best writers in college football on it with justin williams on uc that's just here locally plus all the way across the country so get all of that for one low price uh subscribe now all right that's my sales pitch all
2: right let's
0: take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone
1: Let's talk about Burrow playing. Uh, you know, you if you've been listening to us, we've told you this was kind of like if it was going to happen. The idea behind it was this the whole time at home against Miami. Miami probably will have their backups in. You wheel Burrow out. He accepts his cheers. He hands off to Joe Mixon twice. He throws a receiver screen and he puts his hat on and goes over and gets ready for Minnesota. And I think that's probably, that's basically what we're going to see. We'll see how long the drive actually goes. But, you know, I think, was it, it might have been you, Jay, that asked Zach about, uh, is there going to be limits on scrambling and things (laughs) like that? And he's like, let's just say, there are play calls that I can make that put very serious limits on (laughs) screen that are very one, two, and it's gone. Okay. Like this is, I think that's the idea is to keep this very conservative. We talked to Burrow after practice and his point was this. uh, He's like, someone asked if you'd like to take a hit. He said, I would. Uh, I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen because no no one thinks that's going to happen. This is for him about getting that game-like feel. It's about Showing up on a game day, dressing like it's a game day, going out there into the huddle like it's a game day, being out there and doing a drive like it's a game day, everybody going through that process once. The plays don't have to be dropping back and scrambling in the pocket and all this other stuff. That's not what this is. This is about just going through that game day routine one time so he's ready for it and feels like he can check that box come the
2: opener against Minnesota. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if. His passes, not even a screen might even be uh, not dangerous, but something that they they wouldn't do. You know, if, if Miami sniffs it out, I wouldn't be surprised to see him spike it in the ground like you do in, in practice sometimes. But really, I, I could see him having one or two passes and one being a pop pass and one maybe being a shovel pass. I mean, I, I think it's going to be super, super conservative. And it will be interesting. I mean, the, everything they've done in the preseason, it's been – the, the focus has been more on the run game and if you have mixing in there and you have your first team line and and you, miami's not playing their starters what happens if the first two plays are handoffs and joe goes for six and six and then all of a sudden you're in a first down situation and then joe throws a screen or a pop pass and that goes right you could see how a drive could develop and then that was your question to zach was would you pull him mid drive and I, I think they would. I think even if they're rolling and feeling good, and it's a first team offense that hasn't done much so far, I, I think they're just going to play it as safe as possible. And we're not going to see Joe finish that drive in the red zone. It, it's going to be either a three and out or it's going to be get to midfield, pull them, and put the twos in. Yeah. And I
1: mean, I'm sure there's a series of, you know, five to ten quick game passes that you can have in your pocket. It's just where it's catch and throw and and all that type of stuff. And, you know, what I want, what my dream is – is he comes out there and the, the the quick game pass is called and he just gives some really obnoxious audible call with like <laughs> lots of hand signals and everyone spreads out into five wide and it's like it's like Varsity Blues when they go into the oop oop right like he's just out there and like the sidelines going nuts like that's that's what I want I want Burrow just to just go straight take control and uh, be like no I'm running I'm running a wide open offense we're going empty okay <laughs> empty five step drop Holding it, scrambling. And How Taylor's fast would
2: Zach it. call timeout? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to see happen. I don't think we're going to see that, uh, but it's my dream. Uh, so that's, I think that's kind of the setup of what to expect. Don't expect much. Uh, expect, you know, very all oh, just a very quick, easy, safe, and some cheering and some baseball hats. Um, because the other thing is, I mean, th- this is this is the all that this is going to be about that the original plan is going to unfold after that, which was none of the starters playing. The Hmm. defensive starters will not play in this game um, at all. They're all going to hang out on the side and watch. And once the limited number of staff snaps, which will also include Trey Hopkins, by the way, at center. um, So you're going to get the full 11 that would, that will start the opener, go out there. Uh, Once that limited number of snaps is over they will go to the side and you will then see basically a full game you know you take you take uh 22 guys off your roster there of 80 that you have and suddenly you're down to like a a normal a normal game day where everybody's gonna play almost the whole game you're gonna see a ton of everybody and that's important for some players and you know we can we can do one last little bit about what burrow is gonna do but I, i think when you look at what the second that the rest of this game is going to look like, it's going to be look like the fourth preseason game. Um, but that's important for a number of people. We'll get into who that is most before we do that. Run passer boot. You want to run passer boot, Jay? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Run passer boot. What is the higher number? Burrow passing yards, Bengals points, or longest punt return? Hoo I like it. I like it. The punt return job's kind of open. We've seen Darius Phillips has been the guy there, um, and I think he'll get it. But you know, we've seen a number of different people go through there, so maybe something explosive could happen. But that's it's an it's a tough one. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think I'm just law of averages. I'm going to say points, even though they've scored what 19 and then 13. um, The average punt returns in the nine range. I don't think we're going to see Burrow throw for very many yards, even if it's a screen. I don't know. Maybe the receiver breaks, sheds the first tackle, and gets some yards. Uh, I'll run with Bengal points. Um, I'll I'll pass on Burrow passing yards, and I'll boot the punt return just because it, it could be a bunch of fair catches. You just never know, and they haven't really broke one yet. Um, so that that one seems the least likely to be big. I. Here's the thing:
1: If this is going to look like the fourth preseason game, every fourth preseason game, I feel like ends nine to six <laughs> or like twelve to ten. It just seems like they just—it's always so rough because line plays so rough, and I'm I'm tempted to go with Burrow passing yards here, just because if he completes two passes, you know you can get up, you can get into double digits with my, which might be enough, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I I will say I will I will also run with Bengals points. I guess I'll be I'll be weak that way. I, I will run. With, here's I'll run with Bengals points. I will pass on longest punt return, and I will boot Burrow passing yards. Say one one pass for like six yards or something like that. Yeah, for I can Burrow. see that. And uh, a punt return of like ten and points of like thirteen. <laughs> that feels right. Uh, so that's where we will go with that. Um, Let's talk about who has the most to gain or lose. Who do you have? At the top. I have a list of a
2: few people here. Who do you have at the top of your list? Um, I'm gonna go with Khalid Kareem. Um, they're, they're the injuries at defensive end. His own injury that he's had to fight back from. Now two years in a row he started slow. He can really open some eyes. Um, he's going to get to play a lot with the, the, all the defensive starters resting. Um, they brought in Noah Spence. I think it's unrealistic to think he's going to pick the, the defense up that quickly and, and be a threat to win a job. But um, I, I really think Khalid Kareem can can help himself with a, with a solid game. And we've seen this team get decent pressure. Um, so he could – he could have one of those Darius Hodge type games. I think Darius Hodge could help himself as well, but I feel like he already has. I'm not sure how much higher the ceiling is there, um, but I'll, I'll go with Kareem as my top pick.
1: That's a good one. We yeah, we've kind of been sitting on that, waiting to see if if what he'll give you. Um, and they need him. I mean, that you're right. That is just it's just hanging out there like a big banana right now. Just man, who's going to fill that role that Osai is leaving open? Um, I think I still go back to what we've been talking about the whole time, and, and that is setting up Deontay Smith or Jackson Carmen for a potential early-to-midseason insertion into the lineup. Here's the scenario I'll play out for you that I think is is what you're realistically looking at here. Okay, it's week four, or it's week five, right? The team's two and three something whatever. They're around 500. Let's just say that. The line play has been okay. They're not running the ball as well as they'd like. Uh it's it's just it's it's okay. Sufilos, the worst of the bunch. It's like, "Uh, you want a little bit more out of there." We're we're hearing that you know you feel like Deontay Smith has continued to look good in practice, right? Or Jackson Carman's really been taking it. You're seeing his power out there in practice. They're really working with him. He's really gotten his stuff together. It really seems like he's t- turning the corner. The difference between them pulling the trigger on one of those two guys in week four or five in this scenario and not pulling the trigger... Might be what happens on Sunday. If they have a game where it's like, man, Jackson Carmen went out. Remember that last preseason game? He really improved every game. He went out there and he was laying people down and he was turning people and he was solid in pass protection. Or Deontay Smith did it again. We really never saw him fail. He just didn't play against Washington. You can hear that, right? Like that's the difference that makes you think, okay, at some point they turn to one of the young guys when Xavier Suafilo kind of plays the way you expect him to play, which is okay, but they want more, right? And you can turn to a young guy, but you need to have, I think they, both of them need one, one more game or one game, however you want to look at it, a really good tape in order to make Frank Pollock, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor comfortable making that move once the season goes along and I that's Sunday and it's gonna be a full game for these guys and see how it looks. Carmen in particular, you know, who really could go out there and show progress he played he was better in the second game than the first game. He's been staying after and working hard in practice. I mean there's some thoughts that he's improving in that way. If he can go out and be better in the third game than the second game, and continue to show that maybe he's taking it more seriously. Maybe his pounds come down. Whatever it is that you can show, that to make them believe, could could give him his chance. But they need this game Sunday, and that's that's why I think they have the most to gain or lose.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Deontay Smith had moved ahead of Jackson Carmen. He was probably going to get that start in Washington until the dehydration. Yeah. And a big, big blow for him to not get that opportunity because even if they put good tape out there Sunday, they're still, it's the third preseason game they're going to be playing against backups, but it will be a like competition. They're probably going to be on the field at the same time and have a chance to, you know, not just show what they can do individually, but who can, who looks better um, when they're right, not right next to each other. Obviously, there's a center between them, but it, it, this has really kind of helped Jackson Carmen draw back even with Deontay Smith and, you're right, even though it won't be an immediate benefit, this this is the game that, that could propel one of those guys into that that leading spot to replace Suafilo, if and when they decide to go that direction.
1: Absolutely. Um, the other name that comes up is Travion Williams, who's mm-hmm. kind of just because he didn't get a chance to play the first two, so I have a feeling now that he's back and healthy. We might see a little bit more of an extended run for him is Jacques Patrick and Chris Evans have kind of gotten their run. Um, give Travion a game to go carry it a bunch and see how it looks um, and see if he can stick around, whether that means if they keep a fourth running back or he sticks around on the practice squad. I mean, I think um, at some point you got to go out there and do it, and this could be the opportunity for him to do so. All right, let's just take a quick break. Anybody anybody else that you particularly that you think? I mean, I guess you're looking at the back of the cornerback room is is undecided, maybe, although I think Jalen Davis has a pretty good solid hold on it to the point that I wonder how much he'll even play.
2: Yeah, Jalen Davis and then um the and Hunter or Trent Irwin as well. It just he it feels like he's on my fifty-three right now if I'm making it, but you you can really kind of take that next step with a, with a good performance here, especially if he rips off a punt return and they feel even better about him as that, as that emergency punt returner behind Darius Phillips. Um, it's interesting what you said where, where Jalen may not even play. That's another thing. Everybody talks about the starters don't play. It's a big clue to watch which backups don't play in this final preseason game. Cause you, you see it every year where guys that are, you know, just, second string guys and and they don't want to risk them either it it, it's really telling who's gonna how how the 53 is gonna shake out um except for those last couple spots um Travion has been in the league three years and he's played one preseason game I mean that this is huge for him I, I think either way he makes the practice squad I think there's still enough potential there um you wonder, was Patrick, I mean, will they put two running backs on the practice squad? Probably. If you're only going to take three to the 53, I think they're going to need a couple backups there. But it is, it's, he, I don't know if the ceiling is high for Travion. Maybe he can make the 53, but I, I think it's important for him to at least get in there as a guy that didn't play at all as a rookie, played one preseason game as a rookie, missed the preseason last year, only had a handful of carries last year. I mean, he really needs to get in there and get some decent snaps and show him what he can do. Show the rest of the league what he can do. True, I mean it's not just here. Um, You're
1: auditioning. You know, if you if you're in the second half of this game, (laughs) you're auditioning for all teams, not just the Bengals. Uh, You know, because there's a good chance that you're probably going to be looking for work uh, come next week, and that could be work here, that could be work elsewhere. But I I I think that's kind of that's kind of the basics of the list. I mean, you can look at maybe a few other names here or there, maybe some of those those second-wave linebackers, if it's just Marcus Bailey who just can use as many reps as he can get since he didn't get a ton last year. But again, that's a guy who I think is going to make this team, so you're not going to necessarily go out there and put him at total risk if he's an important piece of your special teams or, or whatever. So um, we'll see how it all plays out. I would not anticipate it being super exciting, uh, or super well-played, uh, <laughs> anybody that's been to a fourth preseason game knows you mentioned this at the top, though, Jay, and this is my annual PSA. You said it, and you're exactly right. It is the perfect game to take your kids to. Yeah, If you have kids and they like football or have interest in a live sporting event, you can get cheap tickets. You don't have any of the high-intensity beer guzzling yelling gladiator atmosphere that comes with the regular season it is very easy going they get to see the players that they love out there they get to see what a football game looks like they'll get to cheer for joe burrow uh and you can go home early (laughs) from (laughs) the bed and without anybody whenever the kids ready to go they can go and nobody misses anything at all if you have kids this is the perfect opportunity to take them. If you have kids, don't take them to a regular season football game. If you have young kids, I mean, there's a certain age where anybody can go. Don't, don't put them in that atmosphere, okay? <laughs> uh, that's, you do what you want. Parents can parent however they'd like to. That's just my own personal PSA um, on, on how I felt about that. I've always loved, I've always felt like there should be more catering by the team towards families in the preseason and, and and setting up even more stuff for them than they even do, and then, you know, putting all that stuff away for a year until the next year after that last <laughs> preseason game. Um, but anyway, so if you do, that's a good chance for you to do it. Um, let's do growler bet and predictions, right, and we'll get out of here. So no winners on last week's growler bet. Um. So we we move on. So o for, for two on you guys so far. Plenty of time for you to take our lunch. Uh, Jay, you beat me in the growler bet though. Right, yeah, it's one
2: to one now. One to one for us. That's fine. I had four hundred. You had four fifty. It ended up being two eighty five.
1: Wait, I had two two fifty, and you had four hundred.
2: You had four fifty. Oh, I had four fifty. Damn it. You had 30 times
1: 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So this week, it's a little different. A slight spin, but you're still got to get two things correct. You need to tell us who will get Joe Burrow's first completion on Sunday and for how many yards. That's it. Winnable, not easy. Who will get the completion? Now, if it's incomplete, null and void. Right, Jay?
2: Right. No zeros. In, no oh, zeros. Yeah. No
1: inc- if there's incompletion, nobody wins. We all lose. Right? Yeah. So so forget that. that. It's out the door if there's an incompletion. Assuming there is a completion, his first one, to who and for how many yards? Hashtag Bengals Growler Bet to us on Twitter with your answer. Make sure you get it to us before the game starts. Or you can email me pdaner, D-E-H-N-E-R, at theathletic.com. Make sure you put Growler in the subject header. That's how I search it. We get lots of emails, and I do a search on that because there's too many to go through. So Growler in the subject header or hashtag bet on Twitter. Who gets the first completion and for how many yards? All right, Jay. What is your
2: guess? Yeah, before I, I just want to correct, you can do zero on this. I, I I was thinking multiplication, zero would make it too easy. So if you want to say Joe Mixon for zero, you can. Zero yards, Yeah, yes. Zero yards, But not yes. an incompletion. Yes. But right, the yes. completion the incompletion is Incompletion, null and void. So uh,
1: on a completion, yeah, I can go for negative five yards. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yep. So I think it's, it's going to be just a t- real short drop through a wide receiver screen. Um, I don't think they're I don't think it'll be Chase. I don't think they want to put him in that position where if the first pass goes off his hands and it, it, it this is happening again, you, Miami's not going to play press coverage. So I think he's going to take three steps back, fire it to T. Higgins. He'll muscle his way forward for six yards. Okay,
1: I am going to say Jamar Chase for three. I'm going to say pop pass. Some sort of, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's a shotgun slant, maybe, or or maybe, maybe just another receiver screen, like identical to what we saw in the the Bucks game. Uh, that like one of those fake pitches or whatever, when they turn mm-hmm. the other way and throw it, something, something very easy, something very quick. I'm saying chase for three yards two yards short of the sticks by the way (laughs) run run for two run for three chase for three is my prediction and then it ends
2: they're gonna go sorry i didn't mean to jump in there they're gonna go down like they're like you're trying to kill the clock when a running back doesn't go out of bounds they're just gonna go (laughs) take a slide before they get to the first down marker so they can come
1: off the field exactly so i think it's getting burrow his pass and getting chase his a, a catch catching the ball uh is gonna be a double whammy they're gonna hit the they're going to hit the double lotto on a three-yard pass. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, predictions. So that's, that's for us. Again, hashtag Bengals growler Bet or pdaner at theathletic.com with Growler and subject header. Send us your answer. Uh, and if you do, you can win some delicious 50-west beer. It's always delicious to drink. It's even better when we give it to you. Uh, all right. Predictions
2: for the game. It's going to be ugly, folks. What do you think, Jay. Um, I'm going to say 12-7 Bengals. <laughs> and maybe all four field goals, Austin Seibert. That's another guy that can really help himself as far as yeah. around the league. They—they they I'm sure they've already made up their mind. It's McPherson, and maybe that—maybe he's one of those guys they rest, and they send Seibert out there to put some tape out because teams need kickers for whatever those injuries. They're not happy with the one they have. I think he's going to catch on somewhere. Um, so I'll do that a four Austin Seibert field goals 12-7. to seven Bengals win.
1: Bengals nine, Dolphins eight. <laughs> Safety? <laughs> or no. Two-point conversion. <laughs> okay. I think two-point conversion, and the Bengals kick. Bengals go down eight-nothing, and then they kick three field goals to,
2: <laughs> to make it happen. At the
1: gun. <laughs> yeah. Cybert at the gun. <laughs> That's what we're going with on this one. Uh, all right. Uh, so keep an eye for that, and we'll be back. Uh, next week, at once, once final cuts, once they cut down to 53, the 53 cut has to happen by 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Um, if But what we've seen with the Bengals is pretty much once the game ends, I'm going to guess on Monday, maybe early Tuesday, we'll see those cuts show up. Um, they may go right up to the wire, but probably not. But once they've gotten down to 53, we will do a podcast. And we'll have that for you. That'll be the next time you'll hear from us. So, because there's just not going to be a whole lot to talk about after the Dolphins game, <laughs> and we're going to want to go home. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but we'll we'll have all the reaction to the cuts uh coming up and then we'll be on to the opener we'll be focusing on what goes on for there is the Bengals prep then you've got this two-week period as they get ready the Bengals are not going to be around a lot next week i mean you, you kind of have this weekend where they, they get a long weekend off they're only in for a couple of days um it's kind of a big break between camp and the start of the season that's in there now with this new schedule so um, but we'll be we'll be with you. We we get lots of preview stuff coming your way. Keep an eye out for that. If you haven't read Jay's story about the growl, go do it. Uh, Anthony Munoz's story will be out this weekend. You'll hopefully enjoy that. Um, and so keep an eye out for those. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Here
2: in the podcast.